Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arman. And we have a few random things before we get into our topic. Tiff, you saw a pottery studio. I did. I did. Uh, it was like a community day up by where my parents live. They kind of live in um, rural New York, upstate New York, as a whole bunch of people say. But in New York, everyone north of everyone else is upstate. So it's like you never really know where upstate is. It's like I live 15 miles from Manhattan, but people who live in Manhattan call me upstate. So it's like, but I would never call myself. Anyway, like people who used to live in Brooklyn go up there to open up art studios and things because the space is um, very inexpensive and vast. So there is a big pottery studio in my mom's town. And it was gigantic. It was, she had like this whole house, basically the first floor. The front was her store and the back was this giant pottery studio. And I saw all of her stuff and her wheel and her kiln and all of the pieces. And she taught me about, um, well, she didn't teach me, but she showed me this one piece that I bought from her, which was like, it was fire glazed and like the fire makes it all colorful and weird mm -hmm. it was very cool so that's what i bought to put my brushes in in the studio but <laughs> um in addition to my, my long brushes because it was very tall because i have my short brushes in my octopus mug uh <laughs> in my tentacle mug from you <laughs> so yeah it was really cool to see that and it was very full of clay like everywhere which i expect pottery studios to be but man it gave me the feeling i'm like i want a pottery studio <laughs> <laughs> but that's the type of like makey person that I am where as soon as I see someone like excelling at a craft or making something or enjoying it I'm like I want to enjoy that <laughs> it's like it's like your hands get all itchy to be like oh I wanna I have I've been thinking I'm like hmm how can we take over the therapist's office in the front of where I have my studio at home and make that <laughs> like a pottery room <laughs> like hmm I could see myself getting into this because that's just who I am because uh, I've been, um, there's a show called Making It that is a craft competition show where uh, Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler are the hosts, which should tell you, like, and it's it's very much way more like a British competition show than an American competition show because it's all very sweet. Everybody helps each other if they're running out of time or they can't think of anything. And they have these crafters who do have different like some someone is very focused on paper and someone is very into felt and mm -hmm. uh, there was this older woman she she referred to herself as a hodgepodge crafter which <laughs> uh -huh. i loved because she was like i mix medium and some people who do all sorts of things and it just it kind of did make me well, like i've never really wanted to make a terrarium anymore but when one of the uh challenges thank you <laughs> what they call it a faster craft and then they have a master craft and my brain was like could only say faster craft oh it's it's basically baking show but it's uh exactly but with making stuff instead of cakes. yeah but one of their challenges was to make a terrarium that spoke of home to them oh, I uh, and i was like and i've actually <laughs> like a i love watching it because it's so like calming and therapeutic and it's just it's wonderful and they have these little mini segments like where nick offerman is blindfolded and he has to smell and identify different bits of wood it's amazing <laughs> but also i've taken to using it as my sort of uh nighttime go to sleep meditation because mm -hmm. i'll think of the different challenges they have and then i'll think in detail so like okay so how what terrarium would i make and what materials would i use and how would it look and by the time i'm done i'm asleep and it's amazing <laughs> 
No, but making it, it did make me want to try all these. Like, I'm not, I'm not huge into all types of craft. I like watching them, but I'm like, oh, I want to glue things. I want to felt things. I want to make a giant snack game bowl thing. It's yes. so, but it is very like I, I love. And it's the same with um, the BBC had the Great British Throwdown. So it's like the Bake Off, but it's for pottery, and it's the same. Everyone is so lovely and so sweet. Oh and man, I want to like, see that. There's. Some kind of, I guess, like Tumblr or Twitter meme about how, you know, British competition shows where American shows are like, yeah, I'm going to win on a beat. And they're like, it would be lovely to make a nice cake. So it's <laughs> it's kind of like that. I love it. And in sort of uh, housekeeping news is right after this comes out, I'm going to be at XOXO, XOXO Fest in uh, Portland, uh, Oregon, <laughs> which is this sort of conference slash festival thing for it's people like um who... it's an outdoor huggy town <laughs> <laughs> you have just made me not want to go no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this this sort of meetup for online creatives or creatives in general who are also online it's kind of like vague but i like that but basically it's for people who either make things or like people who make things uh, to meet up and be inspired and like you can play all these new indie games that are about to come out or play board games or listen to music or do artsy stuff. And then there are all these talks by amazing creative people. Uh, so if anyone who is listening is going to be there, I'm assuming we're all just like weird people. So wave at me from <laughs> across the room, I guess. <laughs> are they still having their podcasting Airstream trailer? They are. And excellent. With some luck, I will will be able to A, um, book ahead some people to talk to and B, probably grab some people along the way. And by we, she means not me, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Julia will be carrying the make-do torch for us over yeah, at XOXO. To, to, to grab some fun people and talk about, you know, being all sorts of creative um, because it's both people who make a living as creatives or like, you know, work at Etsy or Shopify or people who either have it as a side hustle alongside their jobby job or just like make stuff in the evenings. And it's just it's going to be fun. And I think I kind of need that weird boost. Mm -hmm. I love how um, it's two Andys organize it, Andy and Andy. And at some point I read where they were saying how this is not one of those conferences that is going to tell you to quit your job and start your own thing. But for some reason, a lot of people do after every conference. <laughs> yep. Um, because they all end up talking to everybody. Like everyone, you have great conversations. I've been there twice now. so it And it was great both times. Really very great. You have to um, make sure you go and get creative over at Cereal from a Van if they have that again. Because <laughs> you can mix and match some cereals for some interesting things and it's really fun. I recorded a top four episode over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which also for, for Swedes where our uh, selection of sugary crazy cereal is very, very limited. Oh, you um, totally indulged. They have a, <laughs> they have an entire bag of just the Lucky Charms marshmallows. <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I told you on Twitter about how uh, bon Appetit, the the magazine, they also have a YouTube channel where they had a pastry chef uh, sort of remake gourmet versions of lots of quote unquote like junk food. So mm -hmm. she did, in fact, make both the marshmallows and the cereals from Lucky Charms, but like with fewer ingredients. So uh, we'll link it in the show notes. That but probably I love actually spoils before, you know, <laughs> 2026. <laughs> 
That's actually also great therapy is watching like the Bon Appetit to be have them like experiment. I love watching people who are really good at what they do, like explain things and work through them mm-hmm. and do. And you're like, I'm not going to make this pasta, but I'm going to watch you make it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very comforting. Um, which kind of leads into our topic, sort of, uh, because uh, we're going to talk about sewing. Yep. And it's one of those things that... I mean, it's always been a thing, obviously, as long as we've been naked and it's been cold. Uh, but <laughs> Since the dawn of time, sewing has been a thing. The, the Greeks define it as. No, um, but it is one of those things where it's like an, an, an old skill that is coming back and that has gotten really big in the past maybe 5, 10, 15 years. Like we've been talking about like that, that thing of real skills or getting back to doing stuff for yourself and understanding. Mm-hmm hand hand stuff um and i've right now been making some uh dresses i love finding weird prints on jersey fabric so i've made these past couple of days a dress with giant like bugs with scarabs on it that are like oh, gold nice. and pink and stuff oh awesome and and right now making and the best thing about making for yourself is that all dresses have pockets if you want it that's right and then i feel so fancy like right now i'm making a robot dress and it has like pleats uh, pleats and poofs in the front and I'm all like ooh, super fancy and for me part of it is like I'm I'm a weird size I'm, I'm plus size but I also like my proportions are weird and I like I don't like too high arm size and all that stuff so it's one thing is just like making stuff that fits me and it's the same with being able to you know take up a pair of pants because apparently my legs should be about a foot longer. <laughs> um, but but also, you know, it's that it's the whole sort of spectrum from making stuff that is exactly what you want, mm-hmm. even if you're, um, you know, a regular like fit size or being able to make stuff fit you or to mend stuff or adjust stuff. And I think very few people are at the actual fit size. I mean, <laughs> it's really everyone has their problem area or and and it's not that it's a problem it's just it doesn't fit into off the rack clothes right like I have I I have the opposite problem of you and that I have very long legs which is like (laughs) you would think it wouldn't be a problem but then like the proportion doesn't it just Mm -hmm. it it just doesn't work like short torso long legs uh it it seems like it would work, but I also need I needed the long torso part too, but I didn't get that part. So it's like I think actually that's something that's really important to remember because sometimes it's easy to feel as if both sizing and proportion are like a law of nature. Like mm-hmm. this is what a size eight is, and it's not somebody decided that that is what a fit model, fit size, fit sizing is. And then they look for someone to come in and be the fit model for those clothes. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. Or like skinny jeans. It's like, I'm sorry, my calf is a little bit wider than your stupid skinny <laughs> jean. Like, geez Louise. Like, yes, it is long enough for me. Thank you very much. But I can't get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you are not the problem if your waist is not the size that somebody has decided that this size is or the proportion to your butt or your boobs or your arms it's not yeah this always gets me i i get all up in arms about t-shirts because they make me so mad like just a simple t-shirt that like most women you can't it's it's such a different fit with like a a man's t-shirt where you know it's generally just boxy and you don't have to think about curves and ease and different bulgy bits all over the place and the way the fabric stretches. And I'm telling you a regular, like 
I want a t-shirt that like fits well, right? It's just nice close to the body, but not like strangling, but doesn't cut me into the armpits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because like as soon as you put on a t-shirt and you're stretching the fabric where you would have a bust line, it just automatically pulls underneath your armpits and it feels terrible. And it's like, you got to put the ease in there, people, but it's expensive. You know, you can't just stamp out a square from a factory and it be cost effective for like a cheapo t-shirt and put it on most ladies and it'd be fine. It Most ladies, not fine. <laughs> and that's before you even get into the prints where like half the word is in your armpits because they're like, yep. girls don't wear dorky t-shirts. I'm like, yes, they do. <laughs> or it's stretched out. Ah! It's, anyway, it's, <laughs> or it's right in the middle. It's like, no, I don't want three. <laughs> Little like, ah. <laughs> but I remember even like the first time when I was maybe 14, 15, 16, where I put... I'm really aging myself here. What I, you know, put extra, like I, I made a pair of jeans into like really wide legged bell bottoms. Yes, I did that too. <laughs> like, you put the panel in, the put the, the triangle panel in. Yeah. And you're like, I'm the coolest. Or yeah, like I was Jenko like, style. <laughs> like just oh God. big wide. Or when I just made these really ugly, but very comfortable shorts for the summer or I turned one of my dad's giant dress shirts into this cute little dress. And I was like, it's, it's a little bit like finding a superpower. We were like, that thing of I made this, mm-hmm. I I did this for, and I mean they didn't always fit well. I mean, uh, but and I also loved that my mom had the sewing machine that someone had given her when she came to Sweden, and that I used. And I mean that was this is in the late nineties, and it was already probably thirty years old. But that thing, like it could do anything. You know the four layers of jeans when I was putting the panel in in my pant legs mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah, there's it's a kind of powerful feeling to know that you can manipulate and choose what you decide to put on yourself that you don't have to just go through the store and pick something and be okay with it. Like it is it's fun and it's not as hard as people or I should say it's not as difficult as people think that it is Um, sewing a seam into a shirt or a pant to make it a little bit more fitted. Um, Even if it's a little bit janky, like from a distance, no one's going to notice, you know, like uh, almost nobody among us is walking around in couture clothes that are immaculately sewn and put together. And definitely. (laughs) So it's like the stuff that you would go out and get from, you know, an easy, quick department store chain place, um, a gap old navy you know that kind of stuff they just have like a single steam stitched by a marrow machine like i don't even know if there's an actual seam in there they just kind of like 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 put it together and like with the seam binding and they're like call it a day and it's really these you people should feel empowered to alter these things or even if you have like I often find clothes, I'll find like one dress and it fits amazing and I love it and I wear it to death and then I'm super sad when it's like life is over. But you can take that and you can make a pattern and it's as simple as, especially if it's a really simple thing, like putting it down onto a big piece of cardboard and tracing it. And then you can be pretty darn close to what it would be if you remade it in in a new fabric. Oh, definitely. Because like with my with the simple jersey dresses that I make, I make two models and both of them are based on I took a tank top that fits me well and I made a simple pattern out of it because the top is where the sizing matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one dress, I basically just keep cutting down and outwards so that I get like a sort of flared, mostly bodycon 
tank toppy type dress. Mm -hmm. Very simple. You get a front and a back and then you sew them together. And I don't even have an overlock. I just use the zigzag seam on my cheap replacement sewing machine after my old one broke. It works really well. And then the other one, I use a tank top top and then I make folded pleats and it's not that hard. I found a tutorial and it's it's like it's amazing. Like I've made dresses that are more complicated where you really have to like you have to press up. You have to really make sure that it works. And I was so proud of myself that I put in, you know, an invisible zipper. But even that, like, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly smart, but I'm also very impatient. If I can make a dress with lots of of parts out of a stiff fabric with a zipper and have it fit you can do it like seriously yeah. i'm not telling people to i'm just saying it's i think it seems really really scary because you, th- you like you watch project runway or something you're like oh my god you have to have a mannequin and all this schooling and, and yes to make like clothes that will fit lots of different people and to understand fashion and all that stuff it is good to have some schooling but to make a dress or a skirt or maybe even trousers you can do that yeah, it takes it's very much a patience driven art form craft activity be, because you have to go by the steps of it. And it is one of those things that if you cheat it too much, <laughs> you can get all crazy. Um, you know, like if you it, and it's one of those things, there are parts of it that are more difficult than others, like a tank dress is a really great start. And, but if you get into sleeves, if you've ever experimented with that, a sleeve flat looks nothing like a sleeve and it's super weird. And there are different directions to them and you have to be able to put, set it into armholes in different ways. And I, but if you watch tutorials and you're a person that can understand instructions and building and, um, pattern recognition and thinking about, so I remember, um, in school, like elementary school, they used to show you pictures of an unfurled box. And they used to ask you what shape would it make when you put it back together. And I I like if you're very good at that, then also like dressmaking, pattern making, that kind of stuff will come very easy to you. And if you're not, (laughs) that's kind of the skill that you're looking for. And this is again, this is like really deep dive into the nitty gritty of of it. But that's the deepest you can go kind of thing. And then if you are, but you just want to have some fun with it, it is really fun and really easy, especially if you just want to like, if you have kids and you want to make something for their, your kids or you have a cat and you want to make it a cute little sweater, <laughs> like, you know, like th- making a tube out of some socks and uh, <laughs> the sweater part, you can totally do it. I feel like we need to say here that uh, Make Do uh, accepts absolutely no responsibility for any bloodshed caused <laughs> by trying to put a sweater on your cat. I'm just, I just want to put it out there. Cause... Yeah, please pick the right cat with the right mood to, <laughs> to adorn in a sock sweater that you made for it. Also, I want to see cats in sock sweaters. Thank you. <laughs> most, most Please and thank seems... you. <laughs> I wonder which of my cats I can... Hmm. Anyway. No, but most seems... <laughs> most se... <laughs> Pontus has so many, you know, the happy socks and fun patterns, but I don't think he'd appreciate me cutting them up. I could knit some. Find one with a hole in it that you just forgot to darn and instead you cut <laughs> up and made into a cat sweater. <laughs> This is on my to-do list for the year. I'll make I'll make them little dinosaur Halloween costumes. Yes. Um, but, you know, most seams can be unpicked. And maybe don't start with, like, the super expensive Duchesse silk. I don't know what, what silk is more expensive. But super expensive, like, silk or really complicated stuff. Oh, no, for no, For your no. first 10 or 15 projects. Jersey, but cotton. 
<laughs> you can you can mess up. It's not going to be a problem. You'll either turn you know your dress into a skirt or take it in or whatever. And it's both a really handy skill to have apocalypse notwithstanding. Um, but also to understand, because like when you make make stuff for yourself or you just stuff for yourself, you start to understand. And it's the same like almost with the sleeves. Like when you start thinking about like boob darts or the way legs work, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that stuff. And it's just... Yeah, the seat of a pant is very different from the front of a pant. <laughs> I, I read this amazing Twitter thread about the history of the trouser, uh, about how um, riding pants of like the 17 and 1800s were the least flattering thing ever from the back because they were basically just this big bag yep so that men could sit (laughs) on horses and leave room for like moving their legs about so they just look like you're wearing a very full diaper from the back but they're comfortable to sit on a horse yeah i can imagine Um, (laughs) with the fabric they're working with it doesn't have a lot of uh ease to it (laughs) uh do you do you sew a lot like in your day-to-day Day to day, no, I do not. Um, but I do get very into it when it comes time for Halloween costumes with my son. And not uh, not for yourself as much. No, I I don't like dressing in costumes. Is isn't that weird? It's super that, weird. I, I know, I know, I know. I worked in the theater, and I and I just. I, but I don't. What? I don't know. I, I did last year, kind of. I went as Wednesday Adams because I just happened to have this dress I wanted <laughs> to wear and look creepy with a headless doll that my friend had, and I was like, "I'm going to make this work." <laughs> so I'm inspired by I, your headless doll, but other than that, I love getting super into a costume. Like I've dressed as a black and white movie star, and I, you know, did myself in full gray makeup with like the whole thing and sprayed my hair and. Did my- I like when other people do it, but I'm very much um, I'm the Jim Helper of the office where I <laughs> I would rather go as three hole punch me than anything else. Yeah, but you I like know. getting but you like getting into the crafty bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it's a it's a roots thing. If I, <laughs> it makes me feel like, you know, I was back at my old job, which I really enjoyed because I like doing that busy work with my hands. And it's kind of like a. um an old skill creative itch situation where it's like, ah, I get to kind of flex these muscles of knowing how to construct a garment and I get to do it for my little person who enjoys (laughs) dressing up. And I've done it for him since his uh, second Halloween. Yeah, his first one, he was too much of a little blob to really put anything on. (laughs) He wore a onesie (laughs) and it was fine. Does he appreciate it? Oh, he loves it. He loves it. But um, at, when he was really little, it was really hard doing fittings. And I'm like, get back here. <laughs> and I shove something on him and it doesn't fit, especially when it was like a little bit too small. And he's like crying because I'm pulling it off of him because I didn't put the zipper in yet. And it's like, ah, let's not move. I don't want to like, you know, get you with the one of the pins that are in there. So that that gets a little bit stressful. Does he have a dress up box for the rest of the year? He does. He does. And he will oftentimes, um, especially the Link costume that I made him, which is Link from the Legend of Zelda video games, who's the hero. Um, Zelda's the girl and Link is the boy. Um, not that it mattered. He has to go to Z- as Zelda one year. And I was like, OK. And then like a week later, he's like, no, I want to go as Link. And I was like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, he keeps that costume around and he will put it on and dress up. So that's kind of nice. Although it's now it's getting way smaller. Kids grow fast. Kids grow 
way fast. His old costumes don't really fit. Although I did really like the one year where he got to he wanted to be a butterfly and he had very specific colors about what he wanted to be. And I was like, no way are we just buying some off the rack uh, butterfly costume. I'm making you the costume that is exactly the colors you want. And you're not going to be like, I I can't stand those costumes where it looks like the animal has eaten the child. (laughs) (laughs) And so their face is in like the animal's mouth so i'm like i'm going to make you an actual butter like you want to be a butterfly you will be a butterfly you won't be a child that was ingested by a giant butterfly (laughs) (laughs) so that's why a lot of times i i don't um i don't shop and and also it's a creative thing for me to do and i really like doing it and i it's not a stressful like um kind of mom competition situation for me this is a craft project that I do once a year and I really get into it and I really enjoy making it really well like the making the clothes really well even though it's a one-time use thing um well he uses it like a couple weekends in a row because faultivities you know around this it's always like parade or school and then trick-or-treating and there's all places to use it but I really I, I like the exercise of doing it and kind of keeping this as a skill that I have in my belt that I can practice with once a year without any excuses not to do it. Well, I was going to say, like, do you think that maybe the reason that you don't sew a lot in your day to day is because it it used to be a job and you're like, I I have, you know, I've done my time in the trenches sewing on sequins one at a time. (laughs) I don't have to. I mean, well, part of me knows how much time and care it takes to make certain pieces of clothing. Mm -hmm. So I am okay spending that much money because I just, I'd rather spend my time or like, if you think of yourself as an hourly person, you know, like uh, this much, if I would pay myself this much money per per hour to do this, to create this thing, or I'd rather be painting or I'd rather be doing something else. um, And this is how much it costs in the store. Like I can't compete with that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can... I'm a size enough for my personal clothing that it's good enough, you know, for what I would pay for it in the store. But if I did want to do like a specific Halloween costume, if I were going to do a Halloween costume for myself, that I would make like crazy good. Like I would do the whole thing. <laughs> like I would do corset, boning, cages. Gi- I would have a giant insane dress like that would look like it was from Phantom of the Opera because... I'd be like, I can, so I'm going to. <laughs> and and to be fair, I mean, again, with the with the kid thing, you you've had a kid for six years, and uh, if if not wanting to have oils around around your kid and not being able to leave things out is one thing, then like the whole thing of pins and sewing machines and needles, it's not maybe something that because sewing is definitely not something you do five minutes here and there because you have to bring things out you have to you know put things away well so i could i could see being oh, yeah. fair yeah october <laughs> is like my i my sewing machine takes over the dining table through all of october and it just lives there uh, last christmas adam well adam started getting into asking me about the sewing machine because he likes mechanical stuff and he was really interested in it so i bought him a um, little sewing machine for christmas so he can kind of practice sewing with me but like it was like a kid's one mm-hmm. so it's uh really simple it has like this big guard around this giant needle that makes like big s- straight stitches and it's actually really cute and um so he it is nice that he sees me making things like that 
and can see in our house like this if you you know if you want a costume or you want something that's like we're gonna make it and I don't know I think that there's something fun about that and it's all about what you grow up with right like Mm -hmm. my mom made a lot of my costumes but she like um like hot glued feathers onto pieces of felt and that was her way and that was as much as she could do and she loved doing it and then I took it to another level and um but I also remember you know like it's and again, this is not a judgment thing. All the parents out there who are listening, who go shopping for costumes with their kids. And if this isn't your thing, like there's no judgment at all about just buying a costume. Like I, I just I just really want to express that because I feel like a lot of times parents get into a competition mode, which is really unhealthy and hurtful to a person's self and their family. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's, it just adds stress and an activity that you do with your kid, you kind of get to pick and choose what it is and what's important to you and your family and your life. And making a costume for Halloween, if it causes stress does not have to be one of them. It just happens to be my thing. Well, yeah. And I think that's generally important. I mean, not even with, with just parenting, but in, in general, like I, I like cooking and I like fancy food, but I am not a person who makes fancy food every day I have a friend she makes these amazing meals and they're not always complicated but they're always like fancy you know what I mean mm-hmm. like they're smart and they're yeah. like look delicious and I know they are delicious because she's fed me sometimes but I'm not I'm not that and I don't think she judges me when I eat macaroni like I, it's just like we're we're different people like mm-hmm. we either have the energy or the inclination or the priority to do different thing and I mean like as long as you're not going like, well, obviously you don't love your child because <laughs> you you dress them up as a ghost. Oh, Lord, that's, you know, how how plebeian. Actually, Marco and I went <laughs> Marco and I went as ghosts, sheet ghosts for a, a Halloween party because neither of us are into dressing up. We were like <laughs> the hit of the party. Everyone loved our costumes. They were like, like Charlie Brown. <laughs> it literally was. I cut two holes in some white sheets and they weren't even really white sheets. They were like pinstripe white like they had white stripes on a white sheet so it was like (laughs) the cheesiest costume ever and we were totally the hit of the party because we looked so ridiculous and it was so old school (laughs) well see this is becoming a halloween episode accidentally sorry everyone who's upset about candy in the stores already but here we are you're getting prepared (laughs) oh yeah no we'll, we'll definitely get back to to um halloween as as such. Do you, I mean, it's about two months away now. Have you already had requests? Is it a big secret? Is it? Can you tell us? Can you give us a clue? Can you give us a hint? What's, oh, no, what's, what's that no, going to be? No requests yet. I mean, like every once in a while, he'll ask, like he'll be watching a new TV show that he's into and he'll be like, oh, I want to be this. And I'm like, OK, we'll see. And then he stops watching it and he doesn't talk about it ever again anymore. So who knows? I um, yeah, what's what's the no safe idea. like what's the safe type time span for a him not to change his mind and be you to have time to. Uh, we we essentially decide like October 1st what it's going to be because it takes me about a month to make it. Do you think you can in any way persuade him to be a manatee for Halloween? Oh, I think that would be tough. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can. I, my days of forcing costumes on him are over. Like you only get like three years where they don't really know what they're wearing and you can just put them in whatever. <laughs> that works. I made him a fox, a beekeeper and, and no. And then he started having opinions. I only got two in no opinions how about if you tell him that manatees adjust their floating height in the water through farting (laughs) i mean he does he does like that hmm i don't know i don't know i probably can't you're gonna have to dress (laughs) your cat up as as a manatee 
Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> the only bad thing about sewing, though, is, and I imagine that you know all about this if you're also, and I know you are because I saw your Insta Live once, is like the stashes of stuff. Ooh. If, and Because it's one more craft that requires stashes, like stashes yeah. of fabric and buttons and zippers and zippers of every color and every length. Mm-hmm. And like all these weird little things that come with it. Like you need different color thread need in really really big air quotes here you <laughs> do need different of- color thread if you're sewing different <laughs> color things you need different color thread yeah you no, but you know what i mean it. like all these different things and then you find like especially even worse if you have friends who are also crafty and are like out in the country like there's this big barn full of fabrics and you come home and you're like i don't know what happened here <laughs> <laughs> hypothetical not hypothetical at all um but do, do you have because st- i i saw your like feather stash (laughs) oh yeah when i got into the feather pats for a little while because i live in a dangerous place i live near manhattan and manhattan has everything you can possibly think of um for the fashion world and a lot of it you can find very inexpensive if you know where to look and where to shop and for my old job when i used to work in the city for the um costume house like it was so easy to learn where all of these things were. (laughs) It was very dangerous. So I have quite the supply. I just recently um, pared down my fabric stash for um, because it was just getting to be too much. But yeah, the the amount of notions and um, finishing pieces and when you know how to make things the way you want to and like the, the different materials that go into it and like oh if i had um this stiffening fabric and this kind of adhesive then i know how much easier constructing this kind of thing will be so then you get it all and it's all there because you can't just buy a little tiny bit um and nor should you because then you always run out and then you just need to go buy more so yeah the the stash is pretty big and i just upgraded my sewing machine which was huge for me because for years i've been sewing on this really like my very first like beginner singer sewing machine like really really beginner and it was just last year i got a brand new one and it is amazing it's like so digital it stitches anything it's absolutely beautiful yeah it's just I really want to upgrade because I had a, a decent machine for a while but something happened to it and I kept having to have it serviced and finally just sort of gave up um and then I didn't sew for a while I mean not just that I didn't sew for a while because I didn't have a machine but I was like I didn't feel like it and then maybe like two years ago I bought um Ikea has decent machines for I think like the equivalent of a hundred dollars that are I mean they're, they're perfectly decent everyday machines like they're not they're not amazing they're not bad but they're good and I bought one to see like okay if I buy a cheapish machine will I sew enough to be able to sort of motivate an upgrade to myself and I think I'm getting there where part of me is like should I get a regular nice machine and an overlock and then I'm like I need to sell a few more books before I can maybe motivate you know (laughs) yeah an overlock or a marrow machine is um is quite a game changer when it comes to if you're making clothes, especially out of like Jersey and stuff, it will Mm -hmm. really um, change your life. (laughs) Have you ever sewn under, not underarm specifically think about bras? Because I see sometimes people in, um, in my feed who make both like bralettes, but still like with lots of different parts and sometimes even with 
uh, underwire. And I'm just like, I, I get that it's still just geometry, but something mm-hmm. about it makes my brain go, who? Oh, broads are very tricky. They're very tricky. And I have made them before from from my job, but um, or like corset tops or um, we did uh, South Pacific and the 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 play within a play that the girls put on in that in that show they had like lingerie and stuff so we had to make like 60s style lingerie and it was uh it's tricky it really is i feel like we definitely need to come back to to the costume house for an episode but maybe not (laughs) this one because i think maybe we should start um Packing up our sewing machines, oh, putting yeah. away all the needles, trimming all the loose. <laughs> this is all. This is like the sewing, um, the sewing teaser episode. It's like we <laughs> talked a little bit about a whole bunch of sewing, but we can we can get real deep in sewing here because I, yeah, I know I have a lot of information <laughs> in my brain. Halloween is my birthday, so I usually have a costume party most years. Whoa. Wait, when is when exactly is your birthday? Is it on Halloween? October 31st. Whoa, that's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> Explains so much about me, doesn't it? Well, no, I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, but so I'm starting to think now, like maybe I should really make, because I am I make, I don't sew a costume. I make up a costume. Like I'll take stuff I have and I glue stuff on or, you know, make all the weird accessories. Mm-hmm. But not, maybe maybe I should be a manatee for Halloween. There you go. Yeah, just instead like of trying around to pass it over room. on other people. Well, I mean, the smaller <laughs> manatees are easier to make. <laughs> just to make sure you're not a manatee eating a Julia, because <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I can't. I just can't. I I won't. I won't. I won't look at it. I'll make like a fake snout that I'll put on with a rubber band. There you go. Stuff. That's it. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Um, so, all right. So we trimmed our threads. We uh, we still have so much more to talk about. This is a deep, deep topic, but I, I think we'll get back into it another time. And so I think on our future sewing episode, we can really talk about um, maybe I know we say we don't we're not going to teach you how to do stuff, but I have information about this. I have like real <laughs> not just feelings like I can we can talk about sewing machines and what they do and what you we've might never said have that we're not and- going to teach you we've only said we're not going to teach you how to make money <laughs> that's true that is true all right so that our our follow-up sewing episode which won't be the next one but maybe down the line sometime in october we will um we'll talk more about in-depth stuff about sewing machines and sewing and if you're interested in getting into that if um I don't know a ton about quilting, but I mean, that's a whole nother art form. So if any of you have your questions about sewing or about um, fabric-y creations, you can ask us over at, um, at MakeDoPod on Twitter and you can, or individually at Tiffany Arment, at Julia Scott, also on Twitter. You can find our show notes over at MakeDoPod.com. So any way you want to contact us. Um, we also have uh, Instagram too, make do pod on Instagram. <laughs> we even have make do pod at gmail.com. Oh my gosh, there's so many ways. So if you have any sewing questions, we can actually possibly answer them in this time. Um, or, or feelings. <laughs> if you have sewing feelings, we, we love feelings. So we'll be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do. <laughs>